Hey, Story Pillar friends. It's me, Meg. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a great new podcast for kids and their grown-ups called Culture Kids Podcast. Here are Kristen and Asher with everything you need to know. Hello, Story Pillar friends. You want some more adventures? Yes! Check out Culture Kids Podcast, where you can explore the world and learn about different cultures and geography. Our mission is to spark curiosity for culture and geography for children everywhere so they can become empathetic and curious leaders in their communities. This podcast is perfect for the whole family, so don't forget to tune in. And that's Culture Kids Podcast. Okay, ready for the show? Hey, I'm so happy you're here. I'm Meg. A human person. Back, 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 back. A snake. Back, back, back. Um, why are you bucking? Back, 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 back. Uh, because you're a giant chicken. Back, back, back. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll just introduce you then. Back, back. That's Sneak. He's a caterpillar with red sneakers, but for some reason, he's pretending to be a giant chicken. He's still trying to convince our moms to, like, get him one. Got it. (laughs) Okay, Bean, you're up. I'm Bean. I'm a butterfly and not a giant chicken. (laughs) And now that you know who we are. This is Story Pillar. I feel a story coming on. Wonder where we'll end up today. We'll blast around the world. We'll sneak and be leading the way. Go, Story Pillar. We're in this together. No stopping us for. everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode ever of Story Pillar, a podcast where we tackle sticky situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up advice from you, our listeners. Back, 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 back. Holy cheeseball sneak. You cannot be a giant chicken for this entire episode. That's what you think, sister. <laughs> Oops. I mean, back, back. Let's say hey and find out what sticky situation we're tackling this week. Listeners, how are you feeling today? Sweet baby coconuts, someone else is being a giant chicken today. Got some feathers in my gullet there. (laughs) Nuh-uh. No way. You've got to be kidding me. One fake squawking chicken is enough. I can't deal with a whole flock if our listeners join in. It's just not possible. 
Is there smoke coming out of my eyeballs, Mag? <laughs> no, no smoke. But I do think we have our sticky situation for this week. What do we do when something feels impossible? <gasps> buck, buck, buck. You're right, chicken sneak. It's story time. This week, we're traveling to Serbia in the southeastern part of Central Europe. It shares a border with at least eight different countries, including Hungary and Romania to the north, and Albania, Macedonia, and Bulgaria to the south. Um, one cool thing about Serbia in particular, though, is that it is home to the world's most expensive cheese. It's called poulet, and it costs roughly $600 per pound, which is about the same price as 33 pizzas. Holy cheese balls. Like, literally. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Bean. Back, back. Anyway, before we start the story, many people in Serbia speak Serbian. And my friend Maria says that Steima means what's up. Wanna try it? Steima! Or for you giant chickens out there, buck, buck, buck. Steima. Yep, sounds good. Okay, listeners, your turn. Nice. Okay, rocket time sneak. Buck, 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 buck. And countdown. Buck, 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 buck. Cow Operation, written by Meg Lewis. Adapted from Hero Tales and Legends of the Serbians by Vojslav M. Petrovic. And the terrible beast swooped from the sky, talon slashing as the brave Vasilisa drew her sword and... Ow! Mara plunked her book down on the nearest rock as a pebble struck her on the shoulder. She scowled, eyes sweeping over the long, tasseled grass, and checked for monsters. Six- and seven-year-old monsters, to be precise, with gaps in their smiles and pockets stuffed with stones, just the right size for throwing. Next to her, Strawberry blinked her big, round eyes and mooed forlornly, clearly displeased at having the most exciting battle interrupted. Further off in the hilly pasture, Arabella... Henrietta and Princess Cheese all raised their heads from where they grazed, big slobbery jaws still chewing, and eyed Mara expectantly. I know. She patted the strawberry-shaped patch on her favorite cow's forehead. I love that part too. Then another pebble whizzed past, and Strawberry let out an alarmed as it bounced off her shoulder and disappeared into the riot of clover at her hooves. Mara narrowed her eyes and prepared for battle. But it seems we have visitors. She crouched low and held her milking stool before her like a warrior's shield as more tiny missiles rained down. Tink, thud, smack, Snorts and giggles mixed with startled moves as her very large companions tried to lumber out of range. Vladimir Alexander Jovanovich, Mara bellowed and took a firm grasp on the empty wooden bucket that would just have to do for a sword. 
You and that wretched little brother of yours need to pick up your rakes. She tightened her grip on her bucket sword. Go back to your chores. She gathered her legs under her. And leave my cows alone! She sprang out from behind Strawberry's haunches, her battle cry ringing over the rolling hills as fiercely as the mighty Vasilisa herself. (laughs) Watch out! She's coming! Go, go, go! (laughs) Hurry up! Vladimir giggle gasped as he and his little brother made a break for the ancient fence surrounding the muddy field. They darted away from the wild slashes of her little worms bucket. But she swung with all her might and managed to connect with little Zoran's bottom. He whooped and clutched his rear end with both hands. Book brain! Vlad tossed over his shoulder as he cleared the top rail. Go read to your stupid beasts. Mara gripped the top of the fence with both hands. They're way smarter than you, she shouted after them as they fled toward the safety of their father's farm. Book brain! Yeah, book brain! Floated back to her on the spring breeze. She snorted and was about to say something very, very unkind when she felt Strawberry's soft pink lips snuffle her hair and looked up to find Arabella and Henrietta ambling toward her. Princess Cheese joined a minute later, a hopeful expression in her eyes and Mara's copy of Vasilisa the Dragon Slayer dangling from her large, drooly lips. Mara sighed as the cows gathered around her, ears perked expectantly, then carefully wiped the slobber from the cover, opened their favorite book, and began to read. Okay, where were we? Sometime later, long after Vasilisa had valiantly slain the dragon, again, Mara returned her friends to their lean-to and gave them plenty of fresh hay. She trudged toward the little cottage that was hardly more than a tumble of stones as the shadows deepened and a chill crept into the air. She paused, hand half-raised, and listened to the siren-like shrieks coming from the other side of the stout wooden door. Not this again, she moaned, then gathered her courage and reached for the latch. There you are, her stepmother whirled as Mara closed the door behind her. Where have you been, girl? She narrowed her already beady eyes, and Mara couldn't help thinking that she looked exactly like a plump, cross-eyed badger. She giggled, (laughs) then immediately bit her lip as the scowling woman stabbed a finger at the window. It's nearly nightfall, or did you not notice? She snarled. And you've yet to prepare my supper, and the chamber pot needs to be emptied, and how many times have I told you? Mara ignored her ranting and turned to look longingly at the plum-colored sky. She wished for the hundred millionth time that her father were there. She knew he would come home, eventually. He always did. But his life as a merchant meant he was constantly traveling. And Mara had had just about enough of the evil-tempered woman that ruled the roost in his absence. She leaned her forehead against the cool glass. What would Vasilisa do? She thought, squeezing her eyes shut, then snapped them open as the answer came to her. She would fight. 
she squared her shoulders and turned to face her stepmother. And my dress needs mending, she screeched on, face screwed up like she'd eaten an entire lemon. Well, the edge in Mara's voice cut through the older woman's tirade. You're more than welcome to borrow my sewing kit. It's on the shelf directly behind your head. And if you think I'm going to carry your pee around in a cracked leaky bowl and have it slosh all over me, then you are sorely mistaken. She finished through her teeth. Her stepmother's mouth opened and closed like a crazed snapping turtle. You foolish girl, she finally hissed face so flushed with rage, it seemed she might actually catch on fire. I will not tolerate your insolence. She seized Mara's arm, nails digging in like talons, and dragged her back toward the door. Ow! Let go, you're hurting me. Mara dug in her feet, wishing she had Vasilisa's sword, but the stubby woman was surprisingly strong and simply tightened her grip, swung the door open, and tossed Mara outside as easily as if she had been an unwanted kitten. Mara landed in a heap on cold stone as the door slammed shut behind her. She was just about to push herself upright on shaking hands when the door crashed open again and her stepmother's sour face popped out. What are you doing? Mara glared up at her. You can't just throw me out of my own house. Her stepmother's eyes narrowed to slits. Watch me here. She threw down a large sack. Mara grunted as the scratchy burlap whacked her in the chest, then opened it to find a small, broken spindle nestled in a mass of hemp. What? 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 What is this for? She fingered the knotted strands. Take it and spin it all of it into yarn by morning. Her stepmother bit off each word. And if you don't, she crouched low, her foul breath making Mara lean away. Don't bother coming back. Then she stood and heaved the door shut. The thud sending shockwaves through Mara as she tried very hard not to throw herself down on the hopeless tangle and simply give up. Sometime later, Mara awoke to find cow drool pooling in her ear. Ew. She wiped away the spittle and swatted at Strawberry's very wet nose. The cow waffled and swung her head, moving softly toward where her sisters plodded through the dewy grass, as stealthily as their massive bodies and sharp hooves would allow. How, how did you get out of your pen? Mara croaked at them. Strawberry just blinked at her innocently, as if not willing to share that particular secret. So Mara shrugged and stretched as first Arabella, then Henrietta, and finally Princess Cheese joined her where she still sat on the jumble of hemp. Great! She glanced at the orange glow just starting to light the horizon. I fell asleep and it's almost dawn. She flopped her head on her knees. Now what am I going to do? She was just about to let herself sink into despair when Strawberry bit her on the bottom. Ow! Hey! It was just a nip, but still, it hurt. She jumped up, then glanced toward the cottage and lowered her voice to a shouted whisper. Cows don't bite! They ignored her, though, and all bent their mouths to the pile of hemp from which she had sprung and slowly and methodically started eating it. 
Mara gasped. <gasps> what are you doing? She pounded her fists on their massive rear ends. Hey! Hey, I need that! She spluttered, then switching tactics dropped to all fours and squeezed under their low-hanging bellies to where their jaws were still working away. I- I'm, su- I'm supposed to... She started, but then stopped, eyes as wide as owls, as she watched the knots of hemp disappear between their lips. A thread of perfectly spun yarn sprouted from each cow's ear. <gasps> the string of hemp danced its way closer to the ground with every chomp, and it was as if the animals had tucked away a particularly efficient spindle somewhere next to their brains. Whoop! Mara whooped with joy. Oh, you strange, beautiful beasts, she shouted, then clapped her hands over her mouth and swooped low, rushing to wind the steadily growing pile of yarn into tidy balls, just as the sun poked its sleepy head above the tree line. Suddenly, the door flew open. Well, go finished, are we? Her stepmother's smile was sharp and dangerous, and despite the early morning chill, beads of sweat formed on Mara's forehead. But before she could really panic, Strawberry caught her eye and stamped a hook, as if to say, What would Vasilisa do? Mara straightened and answered her stepmother in a steady voice. Yes, actually. <gasps> what is this? The woman in the doorway went as white as her nightdress as she studied the melon-sized balls stacked neatly at her feet. That, that can't be. There's no way. Yes, there was a way. Mara cut her off and winked at the cow sisters to either side of her. Now it's time for you to go. She finished, voice dropping into a growl. Then, without warning, Mara drew her imaginary sword from her equally imaginary sword belt, thrust it into the air, and shouted, Charge! Her cow soldiers rushed forward, huge eyes rolling wildly in their sockets, and angry moos forcing Mara's very surprised stepmother from the doorway. Wait! Please! She begged. The cows bellowed. Yeah! Mara gleefully joined in their battle cry. Then they rushed forward as one, together even fiercer and more magnificent than Vasilisa the dragon slayer herself. All at once, the nasty little woman spun on her heels and took off down the road, shrieking like a boiling tea kettle all the while. (laughs) Mara laughed, watching her disappear over the first hill, then leaned against the warm haunch at her back. We did it, she huffed softly, still not quite believing it. She turned then, the first rays of sunlight turning her hair to gold, and kissed each of her brave warriors gently on the nose. First Strawberry, then Arabella, and Henrietta, and at last, but not least, Princess Cheese. We actually did it, she said with a smile, wiping cow drool from her face. We did it together. The end. So, what did you think? (gasps) That was terrifying! Why didn't you tell me it had cows in it? 
Because cows are not evil, Sneak. Well, stop right there, baby bear, because yes, they are. They're huge, gigantic, and they slobber all over everything, and and they moo. Moo. Oh, he's sweet potatoes, a cow. Save yourselves, run for it. <laughs> Holy pistachio, beanie weenie meanie genie. Did you just do something <gasps> silly? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sneak. I forgot that you're not a big fan of cows. I'll try to give you a heads up next time, okay? Thank you. My tiny little caterpillar heart almost exploded back there like kablooey. <laughs> okay, back to the story. What did you both think? Well, I thought it was great, actually. I really liked how Mara stuck up for her friends in the beginning. Ooh, and then when her terrible, horrible, no-good cactus-need stepmom was like, do this right now, even though there's no way you ever could, even in a gazillion years. Her cows, like, had her back, which was cool. I'll say, <gasps> I want a magic spindle brain, but I wonder where the thread would come out. <gasps> Maybe from my... But let's move on. Okay, what do you think Mara's unstick trick was? Ooh, that's easy squeezy cheesy. Teamwork! Yeah, definitely. She had friends who were willing to pitch in. Just happen to be magic cows, which are maybe slightly less evil than normal cows. But then again, maybe not. <laughs> okay, well, now I think it's time to check in with a listener. Yay, it's unsticky tricky time. Yippee skippy whippy. Here's Roma with what he recommends doing when something feels impossible. My name is Roma, and I'm seven years old. Um, when something seems impossible, I would try to think positive thoughts that I can do it. It is possible, and if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. Um, and if that doesn't work, I would step away, take some deep breaths, wait some time and clear my mind, and try again. Not bad, Roma. <laughs> yeah, you can bet your sweet muffin it'll work. <laughs> um, sweet muffins aside, thanks, Roma. And listeners, if you have an unstick trick you use when things seem impossible, send your grown-up to storypillar.com slash unstick tricks. Okay, that's it. We finished our eighth episode ever of Story Pillar. Buck, 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 blam. Uh, I thought he forgot about the whole being a giant chicken thing. Never, buck, buck, buck. Um, apparently not. <laughs> okay, everyone, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new full episode every other Monday and mini episodes. Sneak attacks. And banometer checks. In the weeks between, don't forget to have a grown-up subscribe, rate us, and leave a gold star review wherever you love listening. And if you have a story suggestion, unstick trick, or just want to say hi, send them to storypillar.com. That's S-T-O-R-Y 
P-I-L-L-A-R. They can also find a link there to our Ko-fi page, as well as more information about how to support the show. As always, thanks to Andy Job and Susanna Bridges for their work on our theme song. For more of their great kids' music, check out andyandsusanna.com or find them on Spotify and iTunes. Well, I guess if Sneak's a giant chicken again, he can't exactly tell people to follow us on Insectagram. <laughs> Me just say Insectagram! Uh. Our handle is at sign StoryPillar. You can also follow Mackenzie Allison, who does our awesome episode cover art, at MKAllisonArt. Okay, ready to say goodbye? I love you. Bye. Come back next time if you want to. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Remember, finding your way through something impossible is tough. Try giving yourself a pep talk and stepping away for a bit like Roma suggested or find some teammates to help you share the load. Whatever you choose, you got this and we'll be here cheering you on.